You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Why are people leaving our company? <laughs> quick, quick, let's set up a meeting to discuss. Let's review the surveys. What are people saying in those exit interviews? How do we make them stay? If that's you as a leader asking these questions, we need to talk. What are the three key things your team needs to remain with you on the job? We're going to answer that question on the Coach's Corner. Welcome to the Coach's Corner on the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where you can find through good coaching, a friendly corner to rest, think, and engage the world better around you. We want to see you get that knockout of success fairly. I'm your host, Denley McIntosh, CEO of Renew IQ Consulting. Today's podcast edition, I like to focus on what are the three, yes, three key things your team needs to remain with you on the job, to remain with you in your organization, to remain with you in your company. I'd like to answer this question. It's relevant because the nature of work has changed post pandemic. It has changed. And when I say you, I mean you as the leader, the CEO, the SVP, VP, director, the manager, supervisor, team lead, any rank of leadership. I'm talking about you. And when I mean remain, I'm referring to your company, your division, your branch, your department, your unit. How do we keep folks? especially good folks, stay with us. What the back-to-work life after COVID has showed us, folks rather leave a high-paying role to get their healthy peace of mind without a paycheck. Let me say that. Say that again. Folks would rather leave a high-paying position to get their healthy peace of mind without a paycheck. That's the world we're living today. It's important to know that as leaders. And I know that you, on the receiving end of an organization who's not taking care of its staff and you, you know this too. In fact, McKinsey and Company, in their September 2021 article of The Great Resonation, titled Great Attrition or Great Attraction, The Choice is Yours. They did a study about the factors that make employees leave companies. In fact, the chart is phrased as employers don't fully understand why employees are leaving. McKinsey wanted to show how much of a disconnect, a disconnect that employers are having of what truly drives retention. What drives retention of employees? Employers not. The key driver for employees leaving was the job, that the job was bad, the pay was bad. The truth was, although compensation and job function itself was important to employees, it wasn't enough. The relationship elements were far more important to employees. The relationship elements, the people part of the workplace experience. Being valued by the organization, being valued by the manager, and a sense of belonging all ranked higher than the work and pay. That means understanding the needs of the person is more valuable than the needs of the profession. Relationship, 
precedes rewards. Let me say that again. Relationship precedes rewards. This doesn't mean rewards or the work doesn't matter. I'm not saying that at all. I said this based on McKinsey's study, that work does matter, but not to the degree of people. If you don't understand people and their needs, you won't hold on to them. The adage is true. Professionals tend to not quit positions, but they quit the person over the position. Professionals tend not to quit positions, but they quit the person over the position. They quit that CEO, that, that vice president, senior vice president, executive vice president, supervisor, you name the rank. If that person who's overseeing that position is not a person that respects them, they're hightailing out of there. It doesn't matter how great the job is. If companies, organizations, or employers don't see that sh this shift, they'll miss their people getting up and leaving in droves right under their noses. Let me put some cultural context here. I think it's important. There are some people who work in a cultural context that these factors are not important to them. I want to, I want to affirm that. I want to be real. All right. In fact, workplaces are places that some may say we should not be seeking these things. These human qualities, these building relationships. There are places, there are people who have that mindset. And I want to say, I acknowledge you because I've worked with people who are like you and, and there are different ways to, to go about this in the workplace and how we view each other and, and the kind of level, degree of respect and belonging and empathy. Because not everyone thinks the workplace is that. I remember I was leading a staff who the person was not born in Canada or North America. She was from Asia in her late 30s. And she shared that in when we were having this workplace, let's call it a level of chit-chat. And, and the lunch was kind of a potluck. And we got everyone together. She said, I, I'm not into this sort of, these sort of engagement events. I'm just not into it. These engagement events, these organizations, they don't make me feel valued. I'd rather do my job and go home. She said, I don't come to work to make friends. She found it preposterous, nonsensical. And you know what? Okay. Because is there a manual that says that the workplace needs to be all these things because different parts of the world don't necessarily share the sentiments of us here in North America? So I told her I respected her opinion. But I like to say, you are here, unfortunately. This organization puts a premium on these qualities. She looked at me with some exasperation, <sighs> grimaced a little on top of that. And she felt she was being forced. And I wasn't forcing it at all. I was just saying that, hey, if you're looking to move on in this in your career, it's totally optional. You're part to, to, to do these things. If you're looking to move on, you need to take these things seriously. Over here, interpersonal skills matter. Interpersonal skills matter in this organization and in this cultural context we find ourselves. I left that role going up in my career sometime down the road, but I don't think I could say the same thing about that staff. My point is, I recognize the way we do work is not gospel. It's not the end-all be-all, but we in North America must not, and we in North America, all right, 
we must not presume this is the only way to, to, to work. So the McKinsey study, McKinsey company that did this study and said, this is the way to workplace be, understand there's a context there. Here in North America, we understand relationship precedes work, but other parts of the world, that's not the case. The work precedes the relationship. And that could be the established order. And so even with McKinsey's telling study, it assumes a cultural context of North America. I'm not alone in citing that this caution, right? This is not just not me speaking. This caution has been shared by other academics and scholars in this area of work on how we apply values, because our values are not necessarily ubiquitous. Writer Erin Meyer of the Harvard Business Review in her May 2014 piece about cross-cultural management, navigating the cultural minefield, the, the piece was called, pointing out the way different nations and their cultural approach work, which could be vastly different from each other as countries do work as compared to the U.S. or Canada. And she, she said this, quote, it's not always easy to bridge cultural gaps. Management styles stem from habits developed over a lifetime, which makes them hard to change. Today, success depends on the ability to navigate the wild variations in the ways people from different societies think, lead, and get things done. By sidestepping common stereotypes and learning to decode the behavior of other cultures along all the scales, we can avoid giving and taking offense and better capitalize on the strengths of increased diversity. So these values may be deep within every one of us. And when I talk about love, belonging, respect, and esteem, it, this it, security, these are things that are deep within us, as Maslow's hierarchy points out. How, however, and you always know this about me, the way that we express these values, the way the values are expressed and understood differ in culture and societies. That is a given. Slam dunk, take it to the bank. The way that we view, perceive these values being expressed in one another are different in different cultures and societies. And that includes the workplace. Saying that there has been, there has been a cultural shift globally, the way we do work, as affirming human rights and humanizing the workplace. This has become the new baseline. End stop period. So no matter how we express these values, the fact is that there are folks saying that I am not going to be a pushover anymore. You're not my parents. If you had a very hard upbringing with some parents who may have treated you in ways that you thought of us, you know what? One day, one day when I grow up, I won't be treated this way. And you find out you go into workplace you have a supervisor or manager that treats you the way, and you say, no, no, I'm not a child. I don't come here to be spoken down to. So the way work is changing and has changed. Power is no longer at the seat of the employer. Union or non-unionized power has been democratized. Or I should say unionized and non-unionized power, the employees, that has now increased. It's been democratized because our culture no longer puts authority on a pedestal because of their position. Power comes from the person themselves who leads and uses their position to serve or empower others and not 
to disempower or oppress. So power has been democratized, I mean, been spread out. The marginalized now have a voice. The marginalized have more advocacy. And now leaders are not paying attention. They have to lead using their position to serve and empower others, not to disempower oppress. Social media has been part of the game changer to hold people in power more accountable. And that includes the workplace because their brand, profits, and recruitment efforts are on are all on the line if they misuse their power. People can go elsewhere. They have choice, many choices. Because of that, just surviving is no longer the name of the game at work. It's about thriving now. And the marginalized have a voice, they have power. The person that is packing cue boxes in the trailer of a hot and musty warehouse can now sway public opinion about your multi-billion dollar corporation just by a tweet. So these folks, they want to be valued. They want to belong. And now you may be saying, I know it's important, but people are leaving anyways, and I don't know why. I learned in relationships that we may have good intentions, leaders may have good intentions, but we don't necessarily have good follow through. Sometimes we think we're doing something right, but in truth, the recipient, i.e. the staff, are not seeing it. They're not seeing it at all. So that person that's working in the hot and musty, non-ventilated warehouse, putting things on, putting cue boxes in that trunk or pulling things off the assembly line, they're not feeling those beautiful plaques that has all the amazing value statements. They're not they're not feeling that. They're not seeing that on the belt. So you need to keep those things in mind. So that leads me a little bit to the corner tips. Because if I'm saying that the people are not feeling on the ground, why is that? In this bit of the corner tips, and as I was reading through McKinsey's report, McKinsey and Company, their report, they cited leaders can practically apply a few things in their organization. Assuming the cultural context that I just mentioned, if they provide these particular values, it can make a difference. And having your staff, your employees, your team members remain with you. Remember, people don't quit positions more so that they quit the person over the position. And so I will say there are a few practices that, that are likely applicable in the corporate environment that we can keep in mind. McKinsey and company recorded these th three things, value by the organization, value by the manager, and sense of belonging are the three things that employers don't take as seriously as compared to their employees. Employees rank these things as high, high, high. If, my, if I'm valued by the organization, I'm valued by the manager, and I have a sense of belonging, guess what? I'm going to be packing boxes longer than I first anticipated. Because remember, you can do a job that is not that great, but if the people and the environment all around, you'll do it as long as you are well-respected. So valued by the organization. That simply means you as a manager have to push your leaders to see your, your people. You must advocate or sponsor them. Many organizations won't know what's going on on the floor without your voice as a cheerleader. So 
you as a manager, you play an instrumental role. You may not be the organization, but if you do these things, like share a blur about your star colleagues for your manager to respond to, or create moments for your manager to join your meetings or team events, or have your team ever share with the broader organization their talent. These are all behaviors that your team members will see. Yeah, the organization does value me. But you as a, a manager, whatever level of manager you find yourself in an organization, are a funnel to that. Sharing, again, sharing a blurb about your star colleagues, your star team members for upper management to respond to, to, to cheer them on, create moments for other managers to join your meetings and team events or have your team members share with the broader organization their talents. Those are three things that really gives people that the big, big machinery of a corporation is, is more than a machine. It's people that are in this machine. In fact, you wouldn't feel it as a machine. You'll feel the people that are within this corporation that aren't treating you as a number. And of course, you have your part to play as a leader. And let me talk about the value by the manager. So if value by the organization is important, they say value by the manager. So we're drilling down. And I talked about this in my podcast, the five love language as, as a leader. And you can look for that in August 12 or so. And when you think about that, how managers go about in treating employees, that makes a big difference. I shared in that podcast, it's necessary that managers know how to best communicate value to their employees because everybody will see value a little differently. Understanding their love languages in the workplace context, professional context, we communicate value to them. Here are some ways we can communicate value as a manager. You can do these three simple things. Say good morning. Ask how you are doing before work. Where's my work? And thank you for dot, dot, dot. Say good morning. Number one, you'd be surprised how many people don't say good morning to each other. They jump right into the, into the work, whether it be a meeting, whether it be an email. There is no good morning. There is no acknowledge you as a person. I want what I want. And I want it now. And this is just even before 9 a.m. hits, before 8 a.m. hits, I'm looking for stuff. And people are not standing for that. Address me as a human being before we get into the work. Say good morning is such a powerful thing. At least you are acknowledging my presence as a person, not just a worker. Ask how you're doing before, where's my work? This Again, this goes into the conversation. Not only say good morning, if I'm in a meeting with you, I'm going to take some time, even if it's just one minute, to see how are things with you. It's a little thing, but it's a big thing because it does say to me that if I, if I get sick, that my boss does care. My leader does care. My managers, they do care. And I'm building rapport. And guess what? I'll be more likely to get what I'm looking for just by that investment of one minute. I'll probably get the stuff that I'm looking for a lot faster, a day faster by investing that one or two minutes. And, and finally, you as a manager, you want to say thank you for dot, dot, dot. Thank you for sacrificing your lunch. Many people don't take lunch to get the work done. We forgot that that is a sacrifice. We're entitled to eat, but we put away lunch to get the work done. So acknowledge, thank you for not taking lunch in this case. Thank you for working the longer hours. Thank you for working the, the, the weekend. Thank you for just put, making this a priority for me. 
you as a manager can do that by saying these things. And then we move to the sense of belonging. And there are a few things that we can do there. We can start with safety and trust as your critical baseline by defining values. So we can open up courageous conversations and spaces for artwork. We can co-design and develop team charters that puts the culture on the map, so to speak, that makes that it, it's on paper for people to talk about. And we can practice leading as a volunteer. Those particular ways of building belonging start with safety and trust that that everybody you are in, that's in the room, you want to ask, do you feel safe here? And not only you ask the question, you watch and observe and follow up. Make that the, the critical. Remember, Maslow's hierarchy need that security is the first and foremost thing. Psychological safety. I want to know my environment safe. Then go and open up the courageous conversations. Create those spaces for hard work that you're asking the very tough questions in the community and you're on your team. How is everyone feeling here? Now, I know I said in the open, not everyone digs that kind of stuff. Not every culture comes from that. Workplace culture has that around the world. But here we're evaluating it. And we're seeing that people, on the most part, for the most part, are appreciating that, that you are creating the space, whether you're on the factory floor, the warehouse floor, or in the boardroom, creating that space for that dialogue is so important. Open up those courageous conversations for spaces for hard work. Co-design. And develop a team charter. Really be intentional about your, your culture. What does the values mean to each and every one of you in our workplace situation? Have that conversation. Have that brave, brave conversation with each other. Put it down and talk about what are the behaviors that reflect that? What are the stories that reflect that? I shared about that in an earlier podcast about creating those stories that matter as part of your charter. And of course, practice leading as a volunteer is one of the ways you can see if these things are working. Are people staying with you because of the money, because of the paycheck, because of some other mitigating fact, or they're staying with you because you're actually helping them to realize their mission, their values. And that's why I say practice lead as a volunteer. If you get an opportunity to work to lead as a volunteer, do so. See if those things that you've been doing in your department work with those who don't need to stay with you. They can leave at any time. So practice leading as a volunteer and see if those things that you're creating belonging actually do work beyond the department that people are paid for to be there. All right. Those are the things for the sense of belonging. Start with safety and trust. Build that baseline. Open up courageous conversations and spaces for hard work. Co-design and develop that team charter for those stories to flesh out on paper and practice leading as a volunteer. All right. When we do those things, we're going to have people who say, I feel valued by the organization. I feel valued by the manager. And I have that sense of belonging. Since I mentioned those three key things that employees, our staff, our team members are looking for, valued by the organization, valued by the manager, a sense of belonging. Therefore, when we as leaders, when we demonstrate value by the organization, when we demonstrate value by the manager, when we demonstrate a sense of belonging in that place, when we are hitting each of those three things, we would create an environment where our team members want to be in, our staff and employee want to remain in. Those three things will create an environment where people say, I don't want 
to go. I want to stick around a little longer. And those are the corner tips. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Corner. My call to action for you is to, if you've been listening for me for a while, please subscribe to my show and even take it a step further. If this show has been helping, has been beneficial, please, please, please share with a friend, share with a colleague, anyone you think this podcast will resonate with. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. So please do so. You can go through my profile there. I'm easy to find. Or you can email me at hello at renewiq.ca. That's hello at renewiq.ca. H-E-L-L-O at R-E-N-E-W-I-Q.ca. Well, this has been another podcast of The Coach's Corner where I bring your head, heart, and hands together so you can go out and fight to be your best self and help others to do the same. Make it a great day in The Coach's Corner. We'll see you next time. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.